Planet Japan, episode 30 for December 28, 2005. On today's show, we'll give you tips on how to spend New Year's in Japan, and you'll learn about the ancient Japanese art of Kodo. We'll also update you on that Domino Sparrow in Amsterdam, which was brutally murdered a few weeks ago. And of course, the Planet Japan dancers will do somersaults all over the place. All that and much more on Planet Japan. Stay tuned. Get ready. Get your seatbelts fastened. You're about ready to land on the Planet Japan with Amy and Doug. So, you want to hear a joke? Well, you know, normally I would, but I'm just so depressed tonight. Oh, why? We got this email. Now, we get email a lot from our listeners. Oh, and they're usually very nice. Almost always they're very nice. But today I got one that was just such a downer. Oh, no. It's got me depressed. I don't know if I can go on. (gasps) You mean we might not be able to do this show? We might have to call the whole thing off. Wow. Because... what is it well, that was so bad? Yeah, I don't know. It's this guy in Tokyo, okay? Mm-hmm. A foreigner, a gaijin, if you will, who apparently is uh, considering suicide after listening to our show. Wow. That's depressing. That's terrible. His name is Trent, and he says, your show makes me want to kill myself. And he says, well, maybe that's overdoing it. So he's, oh, that's he, good. Yeah, he's, he's realizing not really going to do it. Maybe he's gone too far okay. in saying that, you know, that he wants to kill himself. But it reminds me why I don't talk to foreigners on the street. He's one of these guys, he sees a foreigner, he looks the other way. Oh, uh, hmm, yeah. yeah. Mm. Hmm. Can I ask you, what is your target audience for your show? Well, that's a legitimate question. What is our target audience? Cows. Cows and people interested in Japan, I would right. say. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. Those two. Right. He says, uh, people outside of Japan won't get your lame jokes. Is that true, you think? People outside of Japan don't understand our jokes? Do we understand our jokes? I don't understand. What are you talking about? <laughs> Just the jokes we make in the show. Huh? Yeah, I don't I don't understand. It. I don't understand our own lame jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, has, he may have a point there. He does, actually. Yeah. We may have to just forget about joking around and just, you know, be serious. No more jokes, yeah, damn just, it. Yeah, just all serious all the time. And he, uh, he says, um, and people in Japan... I guess he's talking here about foreigners in Japan, are sick of hearing the same lame jokes from every white person they run across. Wow, lots of people do cow jokes. Are we white? I'm black and white. Does that count? Yeah, you're a cow, that's right. So you're black and white. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure what color I am because every day I look in the mirror, it seems to be a different kind of shade. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he says he gives, he tries to give some examples of apparently what he's accusing us of. He's mm-hmm. saying, uh, for example, in Japan, they yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Isn't it strange how the Japanese, yada, yada, yada. Japan is so expensive, yada, yada, yada. Boring. He's, he called us boring. Oh, He wow. called us boring. Mm. <sighs> now, I don't remember ever talking about how Japan is expensive. I mean, that's pretty obvious to anybody who lives here. Yeah. I don't think we need to talk about that too much. As far as the other stuff, I don't know. He just It sounds like he's accusing us of being somewhat condescending or trite, or I'm not sure what he's saying exactly. And he finishes by saying, just once, I want to hear a foreigner say something insightful. So he's clearly accusing us of not being insightful. Now, apparently he missed the part where we, we said this is a light-hearted look at life in Japan. If he wants insightfulness, he should probably, you know, go to PBS. Oh, he could do some meditation and, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's something called Zen. He could do some Zen. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, seriously... 
Trent, thank you very much for your message and your comment and your it feedback. Was very insightful. We love hearing from our listeners. Yeah. But I, I just have to ask, why do people send emails uh, and, and that have such a negative tone? I mean, can't they send emails with constructive criticism you know, without being a dick about it? Right. You know what I mean? That's why I would never say anything bad about another podcaster. Even if I don't like the show, I recognize and respect the fact that people are out there, you know. Other people like doing it. Doing work. Putting yeah. out stuff. And also, it's like I usually uh, don't listen to things I don't like. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What's the point in haranguing somebody who's, who's, you know, taking time out of their busy schedule to put together something for people to enjoy? For free. Yeah. This guy, I think he's just, you know, he's got, he's got issues probably, I mm. suspect. Hmm. Yeah. But hey, Trent, thanks for the email. Happy New Year. But on the other hand, we did get uh, some good email, some nice email. Oh, good. Yeah. Our friend James sent us a letter. He's still confused, apparently, about the Planet Japan dancers. Oh, well, they're right here. Maybe they could clarify that for him. Yeah, they could, but they're, they're on a, a bathroom break at the moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They haven't come back yet, have they? Now, we tried mm. to explain this last week, how they're here to entertain us, and that we're sorry that uh, people can't really enjoy them. But James cleverly picked up on the fact that if they were really here, you'd be able to hear them on the microphones. And that he suspects that they're only in our heads. Now, James, come on. Damn. We have special filters on the microphones so the dancing doesn't come, on, come through and, and, you know, distract people. Mm. Yeah. The Planet Japan dancers, you know, just have to believe me, are right here. They are, the they're here. They're in the bathroom. <laughs> they're taking, taking, <laughs> taking a bathroom break <laughs> at the moment. But I, I, hope, I hope James is not too confused. I hope he's not losing sleep over it or anything. Right. Yeah. Mm. But the Planet Japan dancers will continue to inspire us. Indeed. So, I'm Doug DeLong. And I'm Amy Chavez. And we are back once again for episode 30 of the Planet Japan. Thanks for coming. Thanks for dropping by. Amy, I hope you had a nice Christmas. Yeah. Um, it was very nice, quiet Christmas on the island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know our island, it's very cheap. It's not expensive like the rest of Japan. Exactly. <laughs> it's very wonderful. Um, very quiet. Mm -hmm. um, had a turkey and the whole oh, thing. Oh, great. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, that sounds great. Mm. Well, you know, New Year's is coming up. And in Japan, New Year's is the holiday of the year. It's the biggest holiday. That's right. And a very family-oriented holiday mm -hmm. as well. None of that big, you know, whoop-de-doo partying and everything like we yeah. have in the States. No partying on New Year's Eve. No, it's quite serious here. More like Christmas, actually. I mm -hmm. mean, in the, the sobriety of it all. Right. Mm -hmm. And they uh, prepare special meals, and it goes on for, like, several days, not just one day. Yeah, the women, and I'm not being sexist here because it is the women, mm -hmm. the women will prepare several days' worth of food in advance called Oseji, mm -hmm. and that's so that they don't have to cook for the first few days of the new year. Right. And the other thing that has always kind of puzzled me, it's a nice idea, though, is uh, to clean the house at the end of the year so that you start the new year with a nice clean house. But oh, yeah, but that's the no thing fun. that puzzles me is that it's freezing cold. Yeah. So you've got all these people airing out their houses and stuff while the snow's blowing in, and it's just kind of... Right. So hmm. they do a, like a spring cleaning in the middle of winter. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's actually, it's not just houses, but, you know... Like some people on our island, they'll clean out their boats then. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. I always wash my dishes on New Year's Day. <laughs> my annual dishwashing extravaganza. I didn't know you did it at all, so I guess that's mm -hmm. you know good to hear. Well, you, you know, they pile up after a while. They would. Year's worth of dishes. You'd be surprised how many dishes that is. So, yeah, that's 365 <laughs> dishes yeah. times three meals a day. Yeah. Luckily, I've got a huge sink, so 
Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I had a big adventure today. Ooh. I went over to the hospital and uh, had an MRI. Oh. Oh, that was fun. That was exciting. The big donut. Yeah. It's kind of like. Did you go into like that thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, if you've ever wondered what it would be like to, to be trapped in a coffin and be alive <laughs> and suddenly realize that you're not dead, but you're in a coffin. And they're taking pictures of you dead in a uh-huh, coffin. Right. Nice. That's kind of how. It's either that or it's kind of the same thing as being in a capsule hotel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> a great. Japanese capsule hotel. Mm. But um, it's very strange. They, you slide into this narrow thing, and if you've got claustrophobia, forget about it. Mm. Yeah, you just don't want to be in this thing. They do give you a little emergency buzzer in case you have a panic attack. You just press the buzzer and you zip right out again. Really? But then you just have to calm down, and then you have to start all over. So <laughs> right. That's no good. Hmm. And the most disconcerting thing is like this really lo- these hugely loud noises occur. And at first it's very annoying, but then suddenly it, it begins to sound like the, the opening to smoke on the water. Oh, wow. Great. So I kind of got into that. Wow. That was fun. That yeah. sounds really cool. I kind of want to go now. <laughs> Get an MRI. <laughs> took about 30 minutes and I was finished and I was out of there. A- and the only thing that's wrong is my got a little torn up knee, apparently. Oh, so you're going to be okay. I think so. I said, Doc, I, I really would like to be able to, you know, walk without having pain in my knee, if, you know, for the exercise. And he said, well, that's okay. You can walk for the exercise. That's fine. Uh, if it starts to hurt, don't walk. Wow. <laughs> of course. That's so logical. <laughs> I said, yeah, thanks a lot, Doc. He said, uh, if it gets to be really painful, come on in. Maybe we'll do an operation. Oh, no. I said, yeah. Okay. Mm. Thank you very much, and thanks for taking all those really cool pictures of my knee. Yeah. yeah I Did you get to bring them home and put them into a photo album? Yeah, I thought I paid all that money. I should be able to keep the pictures, but I guess they get to keep them. Really? But I do. Ha- the inside of my of my knee is pretty damn good looking. Really? Oh, it's hot. It's mm. sexy. It's cool. I bet. Yeah. Okay. I hear you had a uh, another Planet Japan listener visit the island. Yes. Um, recently, in mid-December. Mm-hmm guy named Chris from Australia. Really, really cool guy. Boy, did we have a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yep, we did lots of drinking (laughs) (laughs) and walking around the island and hiking and doing parts of the pilgrimage and stuff. Really? And um, I have something for Chris today. Yeah. Because Chris became fascinated with the daikon, the giant radish. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we have lots of them on the island because we have lots of gardens. I think he's going to be the first professional daikon photographer. (laughs) <laughs> he was good, yeah. <laughs> but I wanted to let him know that I saw something mm-hmm. that I think he'd be interested in. It's called Daikon Day. There's an annual Daikodaki event. This is at Daiho Onji Temple in Kamigyo Ward. And so this would be happening around, actually, mid-December right. or early December. And where they uh, boil daikon. That's all they do. Mm-hmm. And then they eat it because it is believed that it's very healthy to eat and that if you eat a lot of daikon, you won't need to see the doctor. So there you go, Chris. You're wondering if Japanese people have a special place in their hearts for the giant radish, and indeed they do. Apparently they have a special place in their stomach for it as well. Exactly. Yeah. And next year, maybe you can make this uh, daikon event. Cool. You get lots of pictures there. Excellent. Yeah, actually, I'll um, put a picture up on the blog mm-hmm. of uh, Chris and his daikon. Chris and his daikon. He's really cool. Okay. Really nice guy. <laughs> he came all the way from Australia. 
Yep. Just to see Shirai Shijima. Well, he was actually traveling around the world. Oh, really? He'd been to a few places, Tanzania and London and, yeah. Must be nice to must be nice to be financially independent. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so did you eat any Christmas cake at your Christmas dinner? Of course, this is Japan. You gotta have Christmas cake. I suppose so. And we're not talking fruit cake either. This is like almost like birthday cake or wedding cake. It's like kind of sweet and mm-hmm. you know, ri- like white cake with frosting. Yeah, on lots it. of frosting. Yeah, it's like seventy-five and stuff. It's like seventy-five percent frosting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I certainly did. Did you have one? Uh, I did, yeah, actually, but I had to throw it out. Oh, really? Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I have no joke here. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I, I did get a Christmas cake, but the one I really wanted yeah. was already taken. Oh, that diamond one? It had 223 diamonds on it. Wow. Yeah, and it um, it's it was on preview for a diamond ex- exhibition mm-hmm. at the Tokyo National Museum. Wow. You should see it. It's just, it was just amazing. How much is it worth? Sparkling all over the place. 200 million yen. And is it for sale? I think it's uh, for sampling, maybe. For sampling. Not allowed to eat the diamonds, though. Yeah. I did read that the, the cake was edible, that they recommended you did not eat the diamonds. Boy, I'd like to eat them. Yeah. Hey, talk about getting rich quick. That is a nice looking cake. Now, a lot of people uh, have been asking us about teaching English in Japan. Hey, and I have the answer for them. I came across an awesome blog uh, where the guy goes into great detail about how to get a teaching job in Japan. He's that's got six or seven parts up there on his blog. That's what people need. Yep. And uh, his name is uh, John Kaoku, mm-hmm. and his blog is kaokustreet.blogspot.com. Okay. And you'll have to look at uh, the blog, our blog, to get the link because uh, his name is not spelled the way it sounds. <laughs> um, the address would be C-O-U-K-E street.blogspot.com. Okay. And this guy's got all the answers. For teaching in Japan. He also does, it's not just about teaching in Japan. He has a lot of interesting insights into a lot of different areas. Yeah, he yeah, does, actually. It's a very good blog. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love finding good blogs. Well, 2005 was a, a good year for Japanese novels. Oh, really? Well, one in particular. Yeah. The book Kafka on the Shore, have you heard about it? By I Haruki heard about Murakami? It. Yep. Mm-hmm. That made it into the New York Times top ten list. Really? I didn't know so many Americans could read Japanese. <laughs> the translated version. Oh, I see. Anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's very unusual to have a Japanese novelist in the top ten. Indeed. And as well, graphic novels are really gaining popularity in Britain. And one store there has over 175 manga titles. Wow. That's pretty good. I mean, things are getting big there, yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And do you know who's considered to be the father of manga in Japan? I do. And who is it? Uh, Osamu uh, Bin Laden. (laughs) Osamu... uh, Close, close. Osamu... Tezaka. Tezuka. 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 Thank you. Tezuka. (laughs) Yeah, now he's no longer around. He passed away in 1989. Uh. However, um, he is considered the god, god of manga. Mm-hmm. and uh, Or maybe he died and then became the god. And now he's the god of manga. <laughs> yeah. You know, they've got all those gods in Shintoism. I've also heard him called the, the Walt Disney of Japan. That's right. Um, he is responsible for inventing the uh, those big eyes that are very characteristic of Japanese manga. Oh, yeah. 
And um, actually, he based these on the American cartoons, such mm-hmm. as Betty Boop and Mickey Mouse. Betty Boop. Now, she's got some cool-looking eyes. Yeah. Yeah, she is a hot babe. She has big eyes as well as... Oh, um, yeah. Hmm, yeah. Osamu is also famous for... Mm-hmm. What cartoon? Uh, Mickey Mouse? <laughs> <laughs> no, Astro Boy. Oh, Astro Boy. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So that's what he's most famous for. Most mm-hmm. people know him for that. And um, he's also got a a graphic novel called Buddha, which is 3,000 pages in eight parts. Yeah. And it charts the life of Prince Siddhartha, you know, as he goes around seeking enlightenment. Well, I'll I'll put up a link for Osamu so people can check him out on the the web. Yeah, I think most people probably already know Astro Boy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah. Okay. Let's put up a link for him and check it out. I hear a lot of people recently in New York City were... Suddenly getting a craving for pancakes. Yeah. This was kind of wild, eh? And it's the second time that, you know, the the city has had a group craving like mm-hmm. this. And it all started when this fantastic aroma swept over New York City. Mm-hmm. The entire island of Manhattan of maple syrup. This aroma of maple syrup. Really? It's a lot better than the real thing, isn't it? So it's a mysterious aroma in the city, in the in the sky, where everybody could smell it, mm-hmm, and nobody could figure out where it was coming from. Exactly. And all these people kind of got suspicious, and they started calling the city's helpline and the fire department and reporting it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, New York City, being, you know, the efficient city that it is, they um, sent out hazard a hazardous materials team <laughs> <laughs> to take an instant reading of the air. Uh-huh. From the neighborhoods. And nothing. Nothing. Wow. Wow. So uh, I'm wondering if there's some kind of new uh, terrorist group that's using maple syrup as a weapon. You know, I think it's probably just um, a new type of aromatherapy. That's indeed. That's that's quite possible. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, aromatherapy has become very popular in Japan the last few years. Yeah, it certainly has. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But aromatherapy is really just the distant cousin of a much more ancient Japanese art called Kodo. That's right. They've had uh, this idea around for over a thousand years, Mm -hmm. and it's one of the Japanese arts. Along with uh, the tea ceremony and the ikebana, or flower arrangement. That's right, yeah. yeah. Now, I've actually uh, done this. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, tell me. Um, I was up at the Buddhist priest's house one day. This was uh, a couple years ago, and they introduced me to this, he and his wife. And first, they brought out this big root, Mm -hmm. this tree root. And it was, it was huge. Okay. And he said, yeah, this piece here is worth uh, 30,000 yen. I'm wow. like, huh? He said, yeah. 300 bucks for a piece of wood. That's right. Yeah. And he said, because it came from very deep under the ground, mm-hmm. this root. But um, it was really old, you could tell. And um, he proceeded to break off parts of it and burn it and smell it. And it's very, very fragrant wood. Fragrant in the sense that it's very pungent or strong or... Sweet smelling. Sweet smelling. Yeah, and apparently there are all kinds of different woods they used for this kodo. Mm -hmm. If you were very good at it, you could be able to distinguish the different smells and tell what kind of wood it was. Now, when they have the actual ceremony, uh, apparently they try to guess what kind of wood it is. Sure, yeah. Is that right? And if you're a real Mm -hmm. connoisseur, a real practitioner... Mm -hmm and you've been studying it for decades in some mm-hmm. cases, you should be able to yeah. tell the difference. You would know. Yeah. Yeah, and the way they did it is they had this little thing, almost like an incense burner. Mm-hmm. They would just put the these, like, cinders in there, and uh, they would just kind of smolder. That's all. Right. Then it was, like, passed from person to person, you know, like marijuana or something. Well, I wouldn't know anything about that. 
<laughs> and um, you'd kind of just like take it in and take a deep breath. Uh-huh. It was very relaxing. So you actually breathe in the, the smoke? Yeah, you do. Really? Yeah, I mean, not uh, as it's in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Hmm. Hey, that's in my guidebook to Japan, what the other guidebooks won't tell you. We should get a plug-in for that. I just did. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yep, it's in the book. Kodo. But c- the interesting thing is that you never hear about Kodo. Yeah, it's not as um, popular as the other two. Yeah, it's really hardly known at all. Yeah, but there is Japanese oh. do lo- do use incense a lot. For example, in uh, the butsudons or the little uh, altars butsudang. they have. That's what I meant. Mm-hmm. In the in the butsudans, mm-hmm. yeah, the the altars they have in their homes for their deceased uh, ancestors, mm-hmm. as well as on gravestones and so on. Yeah. And when you go to temple, of course, you kind of uh, wash yourself with the with the incense before you go in. Yeah, with the with the hanging with the smoke from the incense. From, yeah, with yeah. the smoke from the incense, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of incense in mm-hmm. Japan. Yeah. And aromatherapy, like we said, has become very popular. I think probably especially among young women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. These days. Mm-hmm. Because it, it supposedly it's a kind of a spiritual adventure, not just a physical sensation. Well, actually, yes. That's the whole point about kado, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's not just smelling. It's like, you know, the whole body kind of opening and, yeah. you know, becoming and receptive. And people, I'm sure people have had the experience of, of smelling something and, and instantly bringing back memories or associating that smell with memories from a long time ago and so forth. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Lovely, eh? yeah? You know what I love? I love a really nice perfume on a good-looking woman. Oh. I've been known to follow women down the street just because of the trail of perfume coming off of them. I probably should stop doing that before I get arrested. But I don't yep. there's just something about a really good perfume that's just really... Um, and this is aromatherapy for you? Is it this is Doug's aromatherapy? It's my own personal style of aromatherapy. I see. Yeah. You know, I was reading the other day about um, manners on the trains, and everyone's up in arms now about the Japanese, you know, manners going downhill. Mm-hmm. And one of the top ten complaints was uh, women with strong perfume wearing Well, you can, perfume. yeah, you can overdo it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, but I mean, it has to, uh, a nice, subtle perfume. It's just, for me, it makes my day. I would encourage all women to, to make my day. I see. Yeah. Now, a few weeks ago, I think on episode 25, we talked about the really disturbing, really sad story of the sparrow that was murdered in cold blood. Yeah, by a guy who didn't even have a permit to, s- yeah. to kill sparrows. This was in Amsterdam, I believe. Mm-hmm. And just because the sparrow knocked over a bunch of, a bunch of dominoes, he, he was killed. He was given the death penalty. It was bye-bye birdie. <laughs> That's really horrible. He had to kill a sparrow yeah. just because he knocked over 23,000 yeah. dominoes. Well, they were afraid he was going to knock oh, over the other, the other 4 million as well. Mm. But uh, so he was I shot dead before he could. But now, after the, the guy who killed him was fined a certain amount of money. I hope it was millions. It was not a huge amount. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now they've uh, decided that this sparrow, who gave his life so that others may enjoy falling dominoes, right. has been given a special place in a museum. But he's dead. Oh, that's right. That's a problem. But he's frozen. <laughs> they did. They said that they they froze him as soon as his killing became a criminal matter. Right. So he was evidenced. Yeah. So yeah. now there's a frozen bird in a museum. But now they're talking about stuffing him and putting him in a museum so that everybody can enjoy viewing <laughs> this <laughs> dead criminal sparrow. Criminal sparrow. 
this domino sparrow. Oh, stuff it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I guess this story has a happy ending. He'll be famous now. How many That's right. You're always... How many other sparrows are going to be this famous? And, you know, it's always after you die that you become famous, right? That's right. And I'm sure his CDs of his chirping will just skyrocket. Hey, there you go. That's true. Yeah. Collector's items. Okay, so a happy ending. Well, let's see. Is it time for cowtails? I thought it might be. Well, you know, before that we uh, talked about cows with guns mm-hmm. in an, an episode quite yeah, a while ago, one of the first ago. episodes. Cows taking up guns That's to, right. to fight against the slaughter of their brethren. That's right. Cows are really beginning to take more of a voice. Mm-hmm. And they're beginning to stand up for their rights and take action. It's about time. And um, actually, they've even got a website now. Oh, great. Yep. They've, you know, become web designers. They have a website called Give Cows a Voice. Oh, that, that sounds like it could be a song title. Hey, there you go. All we are saying. Give, give cows, cows a, a voice. voice. There you go. And we'll put the website address on the blog. Mm-hmm. But um, there you will find cow news, mm-hmm. as well as some nice pictures, one of a turbaned cow. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Yes. They're not sure if he's a terrorist or not. Just because he's wearing a turban doesn't mean he's a terrorist. That's exactly the point. Not right. not all cows are terrorists. Exactly. Right. Also, there is a Mr. Cow who is running for president, and I think he's got a damn good chance with Bush in office right now. I think anybody could beat Bush, even a cow at this point. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, everyone, check it out. You'll get a few good laughs from this website. Okay, we'll put, a, we'll put a link on the blog. Give cows a voice. So this week's Chick Jargon, our weekly look at the new vocabulary that Japanese women are using these days. Okay, today's Chick Jargon is Yubisaki Bijin. Yubisaki means uh, the end of your finger, or fingertips. Mm-hmm. And Bijin, before we had this word, Kako Bijin, right. a past beauty. Mm-hmm. Bijin means beauty. So we have a uh, yubisaki bijin, or fingertip beauty. A fingertip beauty. A fingertip beauty. <laughs> what the heck does that mean? <laughs> this is a woman who pays an enormous amount of money and attention yeah. to her fingers. Her fingers or her fingernails? Well, she puts on lots of uh, nail polish mm-hmm. and um, nail art she does. Oh, yeah, on those, her, are, yeah the those are big. Yeah. yeah. I have seen some interesting fingernails. Yeah, the Japanese girls really like to do it up in the fingernail department. But how many people actually see people's fingernails? I mean, what people do don't normally mean? look at other people's fingernails, do they? Uh, well, I think most of these uh, women have, like, secretarial jobs, and actually they have jobs where they use a lot of, you know, ah, fingers. So their fingers are constantly <laughs> in the public eye, Yes, as it were. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, that's good. They have their own special vocabulary for it then. Isn't that kind of weird? It yeah. is kind of strange. <laughs> it is. Fingertip beauty. Yeah, fingertip beauty. Okay. Mm. And last and certainly not least, it's time for this week's audio mnemonics kanji, one of the most popular segments of the Planet Japan. And I l- have a special announcement to make. Okay. That we have our first audio mnemonics graduate. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And this person said that before... They had been very confused by the kanji for cat. Yes, but now he can write it. Or she. Or he or she. Yeah. Yeah. Can now (laughs) write it, and it is no longer elusive. That's right. Like Like so many elusive things. In life. Well, that's that's good. Mm -hmm. We're having a real effect on the world, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but we're not going to let it go to our heads. 
So this method actually does work. So if you've been listening to all these episodes mm-hmm. and you didn't think it's not working yet, just yeah. just hang in there. It'll it'll all come together it'll for you. It'll just kind of uh, sink in at all at once. I think. You know, I think we may have to think about getting it patented, <laughs> so people don't rip because, us off because of the success rate. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. People might steal the idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. So this week's audio mnemonics kanji is. This week's kanji is the kanji for life or oh, okay. activity. Mm-hmm. It's usually pronounced katsu, as in katsudo, which is activity. Um, there's also katsuryoku, which is uh, vitality and vigor. This kanji, very nice one, not too difficult. It consists of three parts, and one of them you just have to think of as a box. A podium box. A podium box. Yep. Like a rectangular box. A square box. Think of a box. Okay. That you would stand on. Oh, like a soapbox. There you go. Get it's off, a soapbox. Get off your soapbox and... That's right. Okay. Now, now you see the box there. Stand up on it. Mm-hmm. And put your hands out to your side. Gotcha. Right? Like a scarecrow. Right. And then you start speaking, right? Uh-huh. You're on top of your box, get your hands out, you're full of life, mm-hmm. standing on the top of your soapbox with your arms straight out to the sides, and then on one side is the kanji that means water. And so you're throwing water onto people to get them to listen to you. Uh-huh. You are full of life. Sure. That's uh, it. That's a common technique for many politicians. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's it. Throwing water on the crowd. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the uh, the pronunciation once again is? Cuts it. Katsu, and it mm-hmm. means life. Life. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. That's this week's Audio Mnemonics Kanji. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, men and women, it's time to say goodbye. It's the saddest moment of the show every week. Mm-hmm. And we have to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. But we just want to say thanks for listening. Don't forget to go to the planetjapan.org website. And, of course, you can find the link there to go vote for Planet Japan. We have gotten a lot of votes this month. Isn't it been yeah. wonderful? A nice oh, Christmas present. Thank yeah. you, everyone. And if you haven't voted yet, you can really make our year by going over and voting for us for the December voting. You can vote every once a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and since December is almost finished, if we could get like a big surge right at the end of December, we'd be in really good position. That's great. Yep. And everyone have a happy new year. Have a great new year, everyone. Thanks for listening. And may your dreams be filled with cows. If you want to send us a message, uh, send it to planetjapan05 at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will see you in 2006. (laughs) We're hoping for another exciting year in the year 2006 on the Planet Japan. Thanks, Amy. Thank you, Doug, and thanks, everyone, for listening. And I'm just going to give out one final move for 2005. 